Hey, everybody, and welcome home to Sugar Hill Church. I am so excited about you joining us. You picked a great day to be a part of Sugar Hill Church Online. And I want to remind you of what's coming up in two weeks. In two weeks, we have around here what's called Rock Sunday. Now, it may sound like a bigger deal than what you you hear, but it really is a big deal. And it's become one of those annual things that people look toward. And that is this. We'll have a bag that has a Sharpie just for you and some instructions and this rock, a rock similar to this inside that bag. Now, uh, the week before, we'll give you some instructions on how you can swing by the church and pick this up without even getting out of the car. But we'll also have it for you live on the 31st at 9 and 11. And during the service, both online and in person, we'll be inviting you to pick a word, one word that would define the change you want to become, the person you want to become, the attitude that you want to acquire or the habit that you want to learn. What is it in 2021 that is going to keep you laser focused and becoming everything God wants you to be? Each year that I do these, I place them by the coffee maker so that every morning I can't help but see my word. So make sure you join us on the 31st, both live and online for Rock Sunday. So today, though, I want to jump into a passage that I think makes a big deal. Now, just to be clear, one of the things that I know to be true about Martin Luther King Jr. is the belief that in my lifetime, he's the greatest single leader that we have seen. Now, I I think every time I say that, I have somebody who will say, yeah, well, Chuck, did you know this about Dr. King? Or did you know that about Dr. King? Or Chuck, did you know the other about Dr. King? And the answer is, yeah, I probably did. But I also know this, that if leadership equals influence, nobody has influenced their generation or a people more so than Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., now, you, you could argue, I suppose, yeah, well, Chuck, you know, all the things that happened around that time, it was difficult. I guess what I would say to you is this. Is it possible? Is, is it remotely possible that when Dr. King talked about having a dream, that, that, that same passion and same desire lives within the American spirit today, that we're still approaching and still striving for that dream? My favorite quote from Dr. King, though, is this. He said, anybody can be great. Now, think about that. No no matter where you're at right now, anybody can be great. Now, I I don't know how you define greatness. I'm not sure how your family would have defined greatness. I'm not really sure how our society anymore defines greatness. I mean, somehow or another, we take people who don't work on anything except an Instagram account, and they become great in the eyes of many. But greatness is something that comes along with this recognition that you matter, that something you've done, something you do, something you are matters. And it matters for something bigger and more substantive than ourselves. He said, anybody can be great. All you have to do is serve others. Now, like him, lump him, or despise him. Nobody modeled that better than Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. For me, I love him. I love the fact that he stood for something that mattered. I love the fact that today we're still marching in his same direction. And I love the fact that he determined that he would take the words of Jesus 
and he would put them into a connotation that would, under, that would help us understand that to be great, we just have to serve other people. Over in Mark chapter 14, Jesus tells the story of what happens when we do what we can. Well, this woman comes in while Jesus is reclining with his guys and she walks over and she literally anoints Jesus with a jar of ointment that's worth one annual wage. Well, of course, the disciples, they freak out about it. And of course, the first one that speaks up is Judas. And, you know, you shouldn't have done that. You should have sold it and fed the poor. But then Jesus unpacks something that I love. Jesus speaks up for this woman. Now, to understand this, culturally, that woman had no place in society. How awful is that and how wonderful that we've come so far. But the fact is, at that time, she had no standing. She had no room to stand and she had no business being in that room with the boys. But she broke all those social barriers, went straight to Jesus, and she anoints Jesus with this ointment, which was all she had. She didn't put a Q-tip and dive it on his head. She broke the seal and poured it on him. Now, one of the reasons why this is such a big deal is that Jesus says to the disciples that are kind of fussing at her, he says, leave her alone. She is preparing me for my burial. Now, can you imagine what happens in the room? I mean, like that stillness occurs. And then he says, leave her alone because she's done a good thing for me. And later on, he says, wherever the gospel is preached across the entire world, there will be a memorial of greatness to her. And then he says, why? Are you ready? Because she has done what she could. Come on. How great is that? Jesus puts greatness into a bottle and then says to us here, it's yours for the taking if you simply do what you can. Well, We've been reading the Proverbs in the scriptures each day, and I invite you, if you haven't already joined me, to join in each day the corresponding date with the chapter in Proverbs. There happens to be 31 chapters of Proverbs, so just jump in. So tomorrow will be the 18th, so you just read the 18th chapter of Proverbs. You can find the link for the scripture on my Facebook page at A. Chuck Allen. And I encourage you to join us every day. And each Friday, I'll give you about a 20 minute wrap up of what you learned that week. But my favorite proverb of all time is found here in the 31st chapter. In the 31st chapter of Proverbs in verses eight and nine, we find, I believe what Dr. King was trying to get at He says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get, are you ready for this word? Justice. See that they get justice. Now, it's important for us to grasp and understand that the Proverbs, they're a book of wisdom. They're a book written from father to son That's saying, if you want to succeed wildly in this life, then here is what you do. And it says in verse 8 and 9 in chapter 31, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Now, the text is not talking of people that are deaf mutes. The text is talking about people whose voices are not being heard, whose voices have, have been marginalized and set to the side. 
the, the Proverbs is saying to us that we, those people who have a voice, ought to give a voice to those folks who cannot speak for themselves. So the question would be, what kind of voice should we offer? Listen to it again. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And then in verse nine, there's some clarification of what that is. You speak up for the poor and the helpless, and then why do you speak up? Why is our voice, what does it matter? Because of this, to see that they get justice. Now, this is such a big deal, and I don't want you to miss it, because everybody I know wants a better 2021 than they had in 2020. Well, remember what Dr. King said? Anybody can be great. All you have to do is serve someone. Well, the Proverbs are saying in all this book of wisdom toward the end of the book, giving us a reminder that there's a difference in wisdom and knowledge, that wisdom being heaven sent that that wisdom is what should give us the ability to speak up for folks whose voice cannot be heard. Make sure that you're speaking up for people who have been crushed. Now, don't miss this. Listen to the end part of verse 8. Ensure justice for those being crushed. So the picture is that they're being stomped on, they're being ground into the ground, and being eliminated so that their voice and their personhood is no longer a matter of importance in society. How horrible. But we see it all the time, don't we? I mean, right here in Gwinnett County, Georgia, there are people who are desperately in need for someone to speak up for them and to try and deliver on their behalf justice. Now, that would cause us to stop and say, but can you define justice? And the answer is absolutely. The definition of justice is really simple. Are you ready? To make what is wrong a right. To make what is wrong a right. We're going to take a break in just a minute. And I want to give you a homework assignment for you to work through during this time. And the homework assignment is this. I'd like for you to take pen, pencil, lip stack, or mascara and be able to put to paper... I'd like you to write down five things that in and around your world, where you work, where your kids play ball, where you live, your, the company you hang out with, five things that you would look at our society and say, these five things are injustices. These are things that are not just. These are things that should be corrected. Write those five things down. And when I come back, we're going to talk about how do we as believers live this out and become the greatness that Jesus talked about and Dr. King happened to mimic. I'll be right back. Riches I hear 
So I hope that you've gotten five things that you would look at as injustices. Now, of the five, I want you to pick one that you think you might could have a voice to speak into or help correct. Remember, justice is when we take a wrong and we make it right. So while it's wrong, it is an injustice. And when we do something to speak up about it, to change it, we are attempting to create justice so that we can go from wrong to right. Are you with me? So of those five, pick one thing that you think you might could speak into. Then I want you to listen to the words of Jesus here in Matthew chapter 20. In Matthew chapter 20, Jesus is speaking with the disciples and James and John have just had that famous discussion about, hey, Lord, can we sit on your right and your left in your kingdom? In other words, can, can one of us be your COO and one of us be your CFO? And we're just happy to let you be the CEO. And Jesus says, you, you can't do that. It, you can't drink from the cup that I've got to drink from. In other words, guys, you have no idea what lies ahead. You think you can do this, but you can't. But they're, they're like, sure we can. But the truth is, they can't. They, they have no idea what's ahead. So Jesus then unpacks this truth. And this is where Dr. King got those words from. Listen to what Jesus has to say in verse 26. But among you, it will be different. Now, what he's, what he's saying here, among you, it will be different. Jesus is saying, it's not like this is a top-down deal. This is not like, hey, a father and son business, and uh, we have a board of directors, and this is how it flows. Jesus is saying, we're not going to function that way. That's not how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God takes everything and turns it right side up, including making injustice Justice, And then he says how that happens. So before I read this text, think about that one thing that you know to be an injustice that you would like to or believe you can speak into and make a difference. Before, before we get to that, I want to remind you that what Jesus is about to say is not only foolproof, but has been proven, proven to be true over and over and over and over again. Over the course of thousands of years, we know this to be absolutely true, and yet it kicks against the very nature of our humanity. Listen to what Jesus says. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Now, many translations say whoever wants to be great among you. You know, it's been said, like I mentioned earlier today, that... Um, Leadership has been defined as influence. And while, while I agree with that, I mean, if that's the only definition, 
then we would say that Adolf Hitler was a great leader. But Adolf Hitler was a madman. Adolf Hitler used his influence for all the wrong things. That's why we know him to be evil. Jesus is saying, if you want to be a godly leader, if you want to take and make injustice just, then you've got to become a servant. Now, this is an important differentiation. He goes on and says, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. Wait a minute. Whoa. Jesus makes two claims here. He says, if you want to be great, if you want to be a leader, if you want to be the kind of person that changes the world and makes a difference in your own life, in your own family, in your own work, in your own community, or even on global scale, then what you've got to do is learn to serve others. And then he doubles down and says, and by the way, for those of you that are all about being number one, for those of you that want to celebrate every day in the end zone, for those of you that want to point everything toward you, Jesus says, beware that because greatness comes in the form of a servant. Now, to to put that into context, it's important to know that, that culturally at the time when people heard servant, it was not an unusual topic. It wasn't an unusual title. Now today, we wouldn't go around calling people servants. We don't have servants in our home. We don't have servants in our business. We may treat people that way, but we don't technically have servants. But in this time, culturally, that was a norm because this was a world in which class system mattered greatly. I mean, you went from the head of the house all the way down to servant. Servant being the person that when you had guests that would come to the home, that's the person that would get water in a basin and a towel and wash guests that they've never seen nasty feet who have been walking through the streets of Jerusalem. That kind of servant. The kind of servant that did everything that nobody else wanted to do. A servant. And Jesus says, as he turns the world right side up, he says, if you want to be number one, you got to be a servant. If you want to matter, you've got to serve other people. And if you want to become a leader, you've got to serve them with grace. Then he goes on and he says, let me tell you what I really mean. And he says in verse 28, for even the son of man, speaking of himself, even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Shortly after this time, what happens is Jesus comes by and he heals a few more people. Well, don't miss this because servanthood is the picture of greatness. When I think about what's going on in America today and I look at this, the foolishness that's happening. I look at the foolishness that happened in Washington a week or so ago. I look at what's going on around the country and I think to myself, I believe you could point to every single issue in America and you could come down to this one single fact that we have allowed our ego to push our servanthood off the cliff. That we've allowed our selfishness to replace our servanthood. That we've allowed our desire to make sure that we have a platform and a voice overwhelm us to the degree that we don't serve people anymore because that's perceived to be weak. And yet Jesus, the son of the living God, the savior of the world, the one who beat death, beat the grave, beat Satan, 
and has been there from creation at the Alpha and will be there at the end at the Omega, that Jesus says to you, if you really want to be something, if you really want to turn your life around in 2021, then here's what you do. Go serve others. Make sure you serve others to go from injustice to justice. So let's go back to that one thing. Wonder what that one out of the five you think you might could speak into. I have a good friend, his name is Larry Jenkins. He's just such a nice guy. But you know, his church is not really his deal. I mean, he doesn't really do the whole small group thing and all that, but this guy has a broken heart to help people. He's been helping homeless people in downtown Atlanta for a long time. And every time I talk to Larry, what I hear about is how he's serving people down there and what a joy it is in his soul. Hmm. I know another fellow, Pastor Mao. Every time I turn around, he's looking for somebody to try to help. This past week, I got a note from him inside of our Slack channel here at church. And you know what it was talking about, the pictures were? Of a, of a small Hispanic family living in a rotted out, gutted mobile home. No heat, freezing, no food, children. And what did Mal do? He went and found those people so that he could serve them to get them food and get them heat and try to help them. That's what it's like to serve other people. You know, I, my good friend Susan Roebuck, who passed away this past year, she, she epitomized what it was to be a servant. There was never a task that was too small for Susan. There was never something that she wasn't willing to do. At no time did she say, well, you know what, I, uh, I'm at the stage of life where I don't have to do that kind of junk anymore. She just always did that. She modeled for us that this is what Jesus is talking about. If Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom, as followers of Jesus, we have one task ahead of us. No matter what your list of goals may or may not have been going into this year, we have one task, and that is to learn how to serve other people. And when we learn how to serve other people, what we'll do is use our voice to speak up for those that don't have a voice. And we will use our actions and influence to encourage others to serve them and make a difference and and help them go from injustice to justice. So let's go back to your one thing. Now I want you to start asking the Lord this question. God... What would you have me do this week to make a difference in that one thing? What would you have me do? And maybe the Lord would say, well, here's what I want you to do. Bring a word of encouragement. Okay. But here's what I want you to learn about servanthood. Many of us treat servanthood like a checklist. Okay. Today, I'm going to give a word of encouragement to somebody. Check. I'm done. Today, I'm going to pay for somebody's food behind me in the line at McDonald's. Check. Done. Today, I'm going to buy coffee for the person behind me at Dunkin' Donuts. Check. Done. Servanthood is not linear and it's not a list. Servanthood is cyclical. It, It never stops. How do I ensure that every day I am moving in the direction of having a voice for those that need to be spoken up for? How do I make sure that I'm doing something to make a cause that's better and different? I warn you, though, as I get ready to close this out, I I warn you. When you attempt to serve other people, people are going to get angry with you. 
People are going to get frustrated with you. People are going to misunderstand your motives. And people are going to fuss or look at you like you're something you're not. By the way, the people who are going to do that are the most religious people on the planet. And what I would urge you to do is say, forget them. I'm going to walk in the way of Jesus. I am going to find somebody in my path that Jesus puts in my path intentionally this week to ensure that I can take the Proverbs and put it into practice where I can have a voice for those that don't have a voice. I I can move toward justice, that which is unjust. You say, well, Chuck, give me some examples of what's unjust. Larry Jenkins is starting a ministry in Gwinnett County to do one thing, feed and house homeless teenagers. You say, well, Chuck, we don't really have that problem in Gwinnett County, do we? Well, as of right now, we have more than a thousand homeless teenagers that we just know about. You say, well, Chuck, but I can't do that. Well, okay, but you could give, you could pray, you could serve, you could encourage, you could let us know. You say, well, Chuck, that's not really my thing. I want to encourage other people. Okay, determine who you're going to encourage this day. Determine what your voice is going to be used for this week. Use that voice, record it, and then be sure that you share it with somebody. Nothing will help you stay in the motivation of a servant like being mutually accountable with a friend, a partner, or a buddy. Listen, friend, what is it you're going to do to serve somebody this week? It doesn't have to involve money, but it might. It doesn't have to involve your time, but it might. It doesn't have to involve anything but your voice, but it might involve more. The thing I would ask you is this. Are you ready? Do you want to have a great 2021. Seriously, do you want to have a great 2021? And if you do, then the wisdom book of Proverbs says, use your voice and help bring injustice to justice. Make sure that you're serving other people. Jesus, the son of the living God said, listen, you shouldn't be like the rest of the world. If you're my follower, then you're to serve people and love people And you're to do so the way I did, meaning I came to be a servant for all and a ransom for many. Oh, my friend, listen, maybe this week it's as simple as providing a meal. Maybe it's as simple as offering forgiveness. Maybe this week it's as simple as being a part of a ministry here at church. We're looking toward the end of the month of packing five hundred thousand meals for folks that need food in Gwinnett County this month. Maybe you want to get ready to sign up for that. Maybe you want to be a part of bringing some used tennis shoes. My good buddy Tony is going to drop off this week a big old carton out front of Sugar Hill Church. And you know what it's there for? For us to bring slightly used tennis shoes and just tie the laces together and put them in that container. You know why? Because we're gonna ship that container to Guinea-Bissau in West Africa so that children and adults will stop getting worms in their feet so that they can actually wear shoes. Don't bring new ones because they'll have to pay tax on it. But we can ship slightly used one to Guinea-Bissau And it will take almost two full days for them to get there. Well, Chuck, how how do we find out about those things? Dude by the name of Tony 
who owns a construction company who does some work for a buddy of mine by the name of Mike Najafi, who's a church member, who tells him about it, who tells me about it, who then Ethan and I invite him and entertain him and learn his story. Then we meet the missionaries that are there, and I'm captivated by the fact that this guy saw an injustice that people in West Africa didn't have shoes and are being eaten up with worms, but the one thing he could do was ship used tennis shoes. Come on. Maybe you just want to pack up as many used shoes as you can and send them on to be a part of that ministry. Friend, there's a million ways to serve. And there's a million different ways God wants to use you. The question is this. Do you really want a great 2021? Because if you do, then you're going to find a way to serve other people. I'm so grateful you joined me today here at Sugar Hill Church. There's always a million ways to serve here. If you're wondering, Chuck, I'd like to know a way to serve, then just send us a note. We'll pray for you and figure out how to help. It's just prayer at sugarhillchurch.com. And we'd be happy to let you know how to serve. So, friend, listen, serve someone this week. Watch how God uses it to go from injustice to justice. And how your year can go from eh to awesome. That's his promise. Take him up on it this week. Lord, we thank you and praise you that today we can trust you. We can trust the fact that you came and you died and you rose from the grave to pay for our sin and our selfishness and even told us that when we chose to follow you, we could follow in your footsteps of servanthood and we could find greatness in our life. So God, I pray we'd take you up on it. That this week we would be reminded of people behind us and in front of us and around us and beside us. That everywhere we look, there are people who need encouragement and there are people who need love and there are people who need justice. And there are people who just need to speak up in the voice of Christ to encourage them. Let that be us this week. Put people in our path that would give us the aha moment every day that, wait a minute, I am here to serve this person. So God, thank you. Thank you for the Proverbs and the book of wisdom. Thank you for your words. Thank you for Dr. King and the reminder that anybody can be great. And God, today, let our greatness be found in you and you alone. Not in a a person, not in a creed, not in anything other than Jesus, the son of the living God, the greatest servant of all time. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. My friend, I'm so glad you joined me on Sugar Hill Church Online today. Hope you have a great Martin Luther King Day tomorrow. Remember to serve other people. Look forward to the time we tell you about packing those half a million meals and about the tennis shoes. I'm glad you joined me. God bless you. Go in peace.